With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to talk about the Jets' loss against the Denver Broncos at MetLife Stadium. They go down 37-28 on Thursday night football, and they now fall to 0-4 on the season. And, of course, joined by the beat reporter covering the New York Jets for NorthJersey.com, Andy Vasquez. Andy, what a mess this game was. What a mess this team is. Although, on the bright side, from a football viewing standpoint, it was far more entertaining than most of us expected. But, ooh, this was just ugly in so many ways for the New York Jets. But before we get into any of that, we shouldn't bury the lead. According to sources, and this has been reported by a bunch of people, including your friend Connor Hughes from The Athletic, Brian Costello of the New York Post and others. Adam Gase will remain as the head coach of the New York Jets and, barring something unforeseen, is going to remain as the head coach of the Jets for the rest of the year. It's an incredibly stupid and short-sighted decision. As you and I were talking about before we started recording, I understand that this isn't a great team, and I understand that it's not like the Jets have Bill Walsh on their staff, but we know that Adam Gase has failed Sam Darnold. Every single minute that he is still with Adam Gase is another minute that he goes closer to the abyss, 
and it becomes a situation where it's going to be nearly impossible to pull him out. At least if you put Jim Bob Cooter in charge of the offense, there'd be some sort of fighting chance. I'm not saying it would work, but at least there would be some chance. That's not going to happen now. So Andy, the Jets will move forward, and Adam Gase will be here, it looks like, for the rest of the year, but certainly at least for now. Yeah, I, I can also, I've also confirmed that report. And I mean, we don't agree on this entirely. At this point, it's basically irrelevant. Um, I mean, he's, he's not going to be here after this year. If, if today didn't prove that, um, I don't know what does. It, it, the team finally, you know, by circumstance and by, you know, kind of, I guess, stepping up, they, they get themselves in position to win a game. And then what do they do? They, they absolutely implode, and it's in every phase of the game uh, when it matters. And this is the stuff that we saw under Todd Bowles. Nothing has changed, and it's inexcusable. Uh, there's just no way to defend it. It, it. It's obviously on everyone. It's on the players. It's on the coaches. But um, Adam Gase was brought here to change the culture. That was, I mean, he was obviously billed as his offensive mining, but he was billed as someone who was going to change the way the Jets do things. And uh, – this is not a change. This is what Jets fans have been watching for years and years and years and years. Uh, so there is no reason to believe that he is going to, to be here after this year. There's been zero evidence that they're, they're making progress. Uh, very little, no evidence that Sam Donald's making progress. He's failed in every single way. And, um, you know, my, where I would differ with you on, on your opinion about like saving Sam Donald is I, I don't think like, a coaching change is going to make the difference. Either he's going to start to play better or he's not like, maybe, maybe it would help a little if, if they get Jim Bob Cooter in there, it, it, but it could also make things much worse. And it, there's no way to know. It's not like a lock that it's going to make it better. So I think the, at this point that the change, the, the chances of things changing are pretty, pretty low. It's going to be what it is. It's going to be on Sam Donald to either be able to overcome this and other, you know, quarterbacks have overcome bad situations and gone on to be quarterbacks. It's possible. And I think we do need to put some of this on him, although the Jets have failed him in many different ways, and we cannot overlook that as well. There's no question, Andy, that some of this lies at the feet of Sam Donald himself. I don't think anybody's going to argue against that point right now, but here's where I'll differ with you again. I understand that you could make the case that odds are it's not going to make a huge difference, but what do they have to lose at this point? You know that he's not going to make any progress with Adam Gase. If you at least try somebody else, you've got a chance. That's all you really are looking for right now. The odds are against Darnold as it is. You might as well do everything you can to try to save him. The Jets have chosen not to do that. And once again, tonight, we saw the good and we saw the bad of Sam Darnold, and this is why he's so frustrating. And you have to go back and think about all the ways that the Jets have failed Darnold and wonder what he might have turned into if everything had gone according to plan, if maybe they had developed him the way that a team like Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson scheming to his strengths and away from his weaknesses. Josh Allen, another example. And you look at what Ryan Tannehill has become in Tennessee. We could go through a whole bunch of different examples, but we saw that great run. We saw some nice throws on the run. We saw the mobility. We saw how he's able to make plays when everything breaks down. But once again, lack of consistency. We saw missed throws. We saw tentativeness. We saw 
poor mechanics. We saw him taking sex he had no business taking. He looked nervous. It's just really ugly right now with Sam Darnold. And you have to wonder if he's ever going to put it together. And again, we already know that the Jets are not going to do anything to try and make that happen. So as you said, this is all going to be on him now to turn it around with practically no help. Seems like Mission Impossible tonight again had his moments but was a roller coaster ride just as he mostly has been throughout the 30 games that he has started so far in his NFL career. Yeah, I mean, look, again, this is a obviously a no-win situation for me because if I say, if I defend their decision to not fire Gase right now, it's not because I think Gase is a, ter- is a good coach. It is, I just don't see the point. Um, like, and then people are going to call me a gay apologist and say I'm soft and a homer and whatever. But the, the reality of the situation is, is that if they could go out and hire Eric the enemy right now and bring him in tomorrow. Yeah. I think they should do that, but they, they can't do that. And, and Jim Bob Cooter is not like a lock to make this better. Andy, I hear you, but what do they have to lose at this point? That's really the question, isn't it? Well, what if, what if they bring someone in, and he gets worse, and then that's it. After three or four games, he, he's so bad that it's over. Come on, Andy. How much worse could he get than he's been under Adam Gase? He's been bad. But, but if you look at it, the worst stretches of his career, you know, and you compare four-game stretches, this is a lack of execution. I'm not saying he's playing well, but it can get worse. I mean, he threw eight interceptions in three games last year. If you go back to the three-game stretch before he got hurt in Miami in his first year, he threw like seven interceptions and one touchdown. I'm not saying he's making progress because I don't see it, but he could be playing worse. Yeah, but he's not playing well now at all. In fact, in a lot of ways, he's playing worse than he was when he was a rookie. So at that point, why not at least try something different? I recognize that there's not a high probability that it's going to work, that Jim Bob Cooter is going to magically turn him into a great quarterback. But at a certain point, don't you have to acknowledge that what they're doing right now isn't working and they've got to do something else, anything else? I, I, don't, I don't know what to, how to answer that question because <laughs> it's, it's, it's not predictable. But I, I, I guarantee you that it's not a good thing. It's, it's not going to enhance the odds to change everything up on a guy for the third time in three years. I mean, this just speaks to the overall failure that this organization has done to, to do anything that they need to do to put Sam Donald in a position to be successful. Uh, and again, there, everyone is to blame here, um, including Darnold. But I mean, this guy is out there with, with a coach who has not maximized his potential, uh, uh, a, a cast of supporting players who, are a disaster. I mean, he's, he's throwing fades to Chris Hogan in the, in the, in the red zone, like multiple times. And they're handing the ball off to a 37 year old over and over again. Um, the offensive line is obviously injuries are an issue, but it's not, it's still not anywhere near good enough to protect him. It, it is a complete and utter failure. They have, absolutely abdicated the responsibility that they had it starts with christopher johnson it's on joe douglas at this point now and it's on adam gase and um i think sam obviously bears responsibility too because he's making mistakes that that he shouldn't be making he's 
not seeing the, the field as well as he should be, but also, you know, I wouldn't want to be sitting there worried that somebody is about to body slam me to the ground again at any moment if I don't make the correct move at, at the correct time. I mean, we saw tonight the consequences if he does have a misstep. So, and, and that could have been much worse than it was. So, look, it's my point by saying that, like, why not just stick with Gase at this point is not because Gase deserves it. He doesn't. But this is a – there is no good option. Like, you can say whatever you want, but it's just – there is no good option. There is no good fix. Um, it's going to come down to can Sam Darnold figure it out on his own because that's the position the Jets have put him in or not. And I think – he has a slightly better chance of doing that if they don't switch everything up on him right now. And, and, you know, you don't know how a coaching change is going to affect the rest of the locker room. Also, it could just lead to an even uglier situation, which I know is hard to believe. Um, <laughs> but it's not because I think Adam Gase is doing a good job. I do not think he's doing a good job. I do not think feeding the ball to Frank Gore is a, in the red zone is a good job. I do not think, you know, making Chris Hogan the primary option on, on fade routes is a good job. I, I do not think he's doing a good job. It's just that, like, this is a garbage, terrible, awful situation, and I don't think there's an easy answer fix. Andy, I love you, brother, but I think if you listen to your own words carefully enough, you're going to find that you actually made my case for me. I don't see how this gets any worse. I understand that maybe Donald won't succeed under Jim Bob Cooter, but he already has failed under Gase. There's absolutely nowhere for him to go but up. And even if he goes down, so what? It's worth the chance at this point because he's so far down at this point. You've got to do anything you can to try and fix him. And as far as making the locker room worse... That seems almost impossible, and again, the locker room's so bad right now, and the guys are so deflated that who cares if that ultimately ends up happening? You have to try something, but we're going around in circles, so let's talk about something else because we're just not going to agree on this topic. Let's talk about another ridiculous decision here by the team tonight. What on earth were they doing putting Mekhi Becton into this game? If he wasn't healthy enough to start, there is no way that he should have been active for this game. I'm not sure what his status is injury-wise, but as I said on Twitter, if they put him into this game and he ended up getting seriously hurt, the entire coaching staff and everybody involved with that decision should be fired. That's inexcusable. Yeah, we, we don't know exactly. There wasn't really a clear explanation. I mean... I know he was pushing the play, but he's 22 years old. Like he's, he's the future of the franchise at left tackle. It shouldn't be, uh, you know, his decision. Um, so first of all, that's bad. Why was he active? I'm guessing because we didn't get a straight answer on it. But um, in order to be able to call up an extra person from the practice squad or to make those practice squad call-ups, you have to have at least nine offensive linemen active maybe it's eight I can't remember but there's a number of offensive linemen you have to have active so it, I understood why they kept him on the active roster but he was the he wasn't supposed to play and then when Chuma Doga went down in the first quarter all of a sudden he's in there now I'm sure like I said he was pushing the play and, and maybe some of that is like they want to you know give Sam Darnold the best chance of of being protected but it was obvious pretty quickly that he was you know, looking back on it, he was struggling. So what do you see that 
you got to get him out of the game. And I thought it went on. I, I'm not sure exactly how many snaps he played, but it was after the, it shouldn't have been any more than the first series. And I don't have any sort of, uh, you know, defense for that. It, it was a bad look. It was uh, indicative of a, of a larger problem that the Jets obviously have. And a lot of things are indicative of that tonight. So um, there's no defending it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Kalen Balaj. I have no idea what it is they thought they were doing by leaving him in to pick up blitzes because he's apparently terrible at it. And as you said, Frank Gore carried the ball 13 times for 30 yards. Zero idea why they're doing that. I don't know what they think of LaMichael P. Ryan, but there has to be a reason that he's not getting more carries and they're leaning so heavily on Gore and then Kalen Balaj. What on earth is Adam Gase thinking? Yeah, unfortunately, that didn't come up in the post game. Obviously, there were a lot of things we had to get to. And, um, you know, I wanted to ask that and it just, I was having a lot of uh, technical difficulties with Zoom and our. our system that we use to publish stories so I was still trying to get my story updated at that point so I wasn't as locked in on a press conference as I wanted to be it was something I wanted to ask I wish we had gotten to it I don't have an answer for you the only explanation that would make sense is that um, P. Ryan's ankle is not 100% but still I mean if he's good enough to play like at least see what he's got. And and he, he had five carries for 15 yards and that's not seeing what he's got, especially when you're feeding the ball to a 37 year old and he's averaging less than two yards per carry. I think is, is that what it added up to? I can't remember, but 
it, it, that is uh, hard to justify, especially when you look at the way they use Gore in the red zone and the fact that they went over three. And if they can convert on one of those, it's probably a game that they're going to win. So um, it wasn't like it was a hard game for the Jets to win. It wasn't like they didn't have their chances. They had like all of the chances, including the, the Broncos offense, handing them chances in the fourth quarter. And they, they were just like, nope, we're not going to take any of them and, and found ways to, to screw up um, the chances they did have, even when they made the plays they needed to make to win. They, they found a way to mess it up. Let's talk about the very few positives that the Jets showed on offense. And mainly, I'm talking about Jamison Crowder, who had a really nice game, and Jeff Smith, who came off injured reserve and also had a very nice game, flashed some speed too. So it wasn't all bad, right, Andy? <laughs> I mean, if you want to take a silver lining out of this, I, I, I guess. Like, I, I mean, I didn't think, look, in, in terms of one of those things I thought was positive. No one's going to like this, but at least Darnold didn't make a silly turnover. He did, definitely made some throws that could have turned into that, but he didn't make a silly turnover. Uh, but it's hard to feel good about that when you see him locking in on one receiver, missing open guys, stuff like that. Again, kind of understandable because he's running for his life, but also you'd like to see him do a better job of going through his progressions. Um, yeah. Jeff Smith finally played in the game, didn't get hurt. Uh, and, and was a viable weapon for them. And that, and that was good. Crowder was the rare player on offense who stepped up and, and made plays, including a, a big one there that helped them get, uh, you know, back in the game in the fourth quarter. I can't remember exactly what the situation was, but he made, you know, a spectacular leaping catch. Um, and, and that's the kind of stuff that the Jets need. Uh, and it was nice to see that they were actually throwing the ball downfield for a change. It makes uh, what they did against the 49ers all the more inexcusable that they didn't even try to throw the ball down the field. Um, because you see what happens. Uh, you know, penalties are drawn. Jeff Smith threw a, a big pass interference. Uh, you know, they got the Jets into the red zone, which ended up being a bad thing for them because they can't move the ball once they get in the red zone. But, um, you know, uh, other guys that kind of stood out, I think, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, this isn't positive, but where where is Chris Herndon? Like, does he still play for the team? Uh, that, that was, it's just stunning how they have failed to utilize him in any way. Um, and, you know, aside from that, yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot of positives on any side of the ball and on offense, I can't think of really any anybody outside of Jeff Smith, Jameson Crowder, and correct me if I'm missing anybody. That's pretty much all I saw in terms of positives. Not a lot of positives on the defensive side of the ball either. It was an interesting night for Pierre to sear Andy because he had two interceptions, including a pick six, but those were sort of lucky interceptions, although I will give him credit on that first INT. He did a good job of balancing himself and keeping himself in bounds, but man, he was brutal in coverage most of the night. In fact, he had an interception more or less taken out of his hands by Jerry Judy, who turned it into a touchdown. Pierre Desir continuing to look like Tremaine Johnson minus these interceptions, although Tremaine Johnson also got some lucky interceptions. You remember in the scene ghost game last year, he had the INT against Brady. What a bizarre season Pierre Desir has had overall. And today was no exception. Again, a mixture between making some nice takeaways and just getting torched. 
Yeah, I mean, correct me. I, it's still, we got to get through week four here, but I think he's the NFL's leader in interceptions right now, <laughs> which is pretty hilarious. Um, and yeah, I mean, one more positive that that I forgot to mention: a regular appearance in the positives on our on my uh, you know weekly appearances with you was Braden Mann, who is apparently now the <laughs> Jets' best tackler. So yeah, right. you got Braden Mann, who, who who's who probably should be playing defense after that touchdown saving tackle he made on a on a pump return, and you got uh, Pierre Desirs, the only Jets player who can score a touchdown in the red zone. So, um, yeah, I I don't know what to say about Desirs' night, like. Give him credit for like keeping his head in the game enough to to being able to make those plays when they were presented to him. That what the first interception was nice. The second one was thrown right to him. But you know he had the presence of mind to to you know not do something stupid and, and find room to to run. And he did provide the Jets with a spark. Um, and that says something about you know his mindset is is good and his his ability to overcome adversity is good. But um, I mean. He basically gave up like something like 130 yards and, and two touchdowns before that. So it's it's you're still losing more than you're getting there, and, and it's hard to give him too much credit. But what you said is correct. What a what an absolutely bizarre season he's having so far. This team looked undisciplined on offense. They looked undisciplined on defense. Eleven penalties, including six personal fouls. Absolutely incredible. Greg Williams seems to have completely lost control of his unit. Yeah, I mean, if you want to point at one unit that cost them the game more than any today, it was it was the defense. And and it it was just their inability to cover um their inability to put pressure on a on a third string quarterback who's making his first NFL start. I don't think they sacked him once. Um and maybe the they did once and it was it, it was uh you know, nullified on the biggest play of the game because with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, with the Jets leading 28 to 27, um, Quinny Williams sacks Rippin and then gets called for a face mask on third down. The drive should have been over. The Broncos should have been punting from deep in their territory, and the Jets would have been in in the driver's seat. And instead, it's a it's a first down. The Broncos hit a big play, get into field goal range, and, and take the lead, and, and that was it. So, um, I mean, these penalties were absolutely unacceptable and, and devastating, and it's insane that that is why they lost the game, but it's also this is what the Jets do, and, you know, this is a complete failure to change anything, and, and this is – you know, why it's hard to see them uh, going anywhere. I mean, we obviously know they're going; at, they're not going anywhere at 0-4, but it's hard to see them win a game this year because, like, how this game was handed to them. It was the perfect opportunity against a, a team that's just destroyed by injuries, starting a third stringer on a short week, having to travel across the country, and you got to lead in the fourth quarter, and, and you just absolutely implode. So. Um, and, it, and it's because of the same mental mistakes that we've been seeing for years and years and years. So uh, on top of all the other bad stuff, that was uh, unacceptable. And, and just, you know, why can't the Jets cover anybody? I, I don't understand. I mean, I know there, there's a lack of talent 
uh, and I know that that factors into it. But this is largely the same group that last year was pretty good, and they they can't stop. They're they're giving up runs again. They have a chance at the end of the game to kind of at least give themselves give the offense a chance. And on first down, they give up a 45, 46-yard touchdown run that ends the game. I mean, that is how that is just inexcusable. I'm, I'm running out of words here because I, I'm used, <laughs> I just keep saying inexcusable, mind-blowing. I mean, I don't even – I'm not a Jets fan as a, as a reporter. It's not like what we do. We don't, I don't root for them. I don't care if they win or lose. But it's just, just mind-numbing to watch this stuff because – it's like everything they can do to lose the game, they step up to that moment and they seize it and they do it. And if this wasn't enough of a kick in the pants to begin with, the end sequence was just the cherry on top where Adam Gase is taking these timeouts for apparently no reason. Vic Fangio decides to counteract that by having his quarterback throw the ball. And so then we see Steve McClendon getting called for a personal foul because he goes after Rippin. Gase should not have been calling those timeouts, but Fangio really should not have been having Rippin throw the ball. There was no reason for that. I don't know what he was trying to prove there. I get that Gase is being a baby by calling the timeouts, but still. And then McClendon, he's a team leader, and I get why he was upset, but he's got to know better than that, too. He could have seriously injured Rippin on that play. I'll give Fangio credit for one thing. I know a lot of people were confused as to why he pulled his players off the field, and there were no niceties after the game it was because he wanted to avoid any kind of potential fight between the two teams after what had just gone down so I will give him that that was the smart move but geez what a weird way to end this game the Broncos are still throwing the ball there they're, they're trying to prove some sort of a point so I would guess that it's another example of, of somebody who doesn't like Adam Gase <laughs> um, for some reason and, and obviously, Gates has history with the Broncos and with Fangio. They, they were together in Chicago in 2015, if I am correct, uh, for him and Fangio. And then, um, you know, I, I think I'm like Gates' time crossed with Elway uh, with the Broncos, of course. So um, there would be a history, and, and there's no other reason <laughs> that, that that would be happening. And I mean, Gates, yeah, he probably shouldn't have been taking the timeouts, but you never know if something insane happens. I can't fault the coach for doing that in that situation. You know, again, I didn't have my, my, I wasn't attuned directly to everything that was happening there, but yeah, it wasn't a good look to end the game. And, but it was par for the course for the jets on this day, right? Like just, they didn't have any sort of discipline. Um, and it cost them, it cost them the game. That was, you know, they could have overcome all the other stuff if, they aren't making making these stupid penalties, and and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I mean the the amount of personal fouls they had, I believe, was um, you know among the highest in the NFL over the last 15 years or so. So it, it was not just your imagination. They were they were that bad, and it and it was that costly as everyone who watched the game saw. Andy, let's take a peek into the locker room. What did Adam Gase and the players have to say after the game? So after the game, the the basic message was that everybody's angry. It's the same message you've been hearing for I've tuned out to it at this point. It it, it doesn't matter unless they show something on the field that but everybody's 
disappointed, frustrated, deflated, like you said. Um, Adam Gase was asked about, you know, what he, his message to fans. Adam Gase was asked to give a message to fans who, who wanted him gone. And, you know, it wasn't exactly uh, a feel your pain type of a deal. He just basically said, this is not, you know, who we are going to be. Uh, we're going to be better than this. But, I mean, he has been the coach here for, you know, 20 games now. Um, this is who they are. I mean, that that 20 games into your tenure and you're having that kind of a performance, uh, it doesn't mean it's who you are every game, but if you're reverting to that when, when the stakes are the highest and, and you desperately need a win, and that's the kind of product you put on the field, uh, that that's what you are. And it, it's not – we're past, like, what they're going to be. This is what they are under Adam Gase, and it's not pretty. Uh, Sam Darnold was – not his typical, you know, cool, calm and cool. He was, he was definitely miffed. He wasn't enjoying the experience of, of being asked questions. Uh, he didn't like my question about why they couldn't get the job done in a red zone. He just basically said, um, you know, it's inexcusable and we have to get better. Didn't, didn't go into any detail about, you know, why they, they are just such a tragedy inside the 20. Um, Marcus May said, you know, there's frustration and we have to clean up the penalties. Um, and Jameson Crowder uh, said that they were shooting themselves in the foot with the penalties and that, you know, it's, it's they're tough to overcome and, and you can't win playing that way. So all of that is correct, um, but it continues to happen. So it the words don't matter at this point. It matters what they do on the field and their actions spoke very loudly tonight. Andy, last order of business, because there were injuries. The Jets and Broncos went into this game 0-3, but the turf was undefeated, and it remained undefeated after tonight's game. You should have bet on that over at my bookie because that was the safest bet of this entire game, that the turf was going to cause more injuries. If you had bet on that or if you had bet on the game, you could have won quite a few bucks if you had used the promo code OVERTIME because you would have gotten up to $1,000 in free play and you could have doubled your first deposit. You can still do it for this Sunday with the full slate of games coming up. You don't have to bet on the Jets game. You can bet on anything else around the NFL. You can bet on props. You can bet on futures. Anything you like, use the promo code OVERTIME. You'll get up to $1,000 in free play and double your first deposit. As I said, you would have gotten that if you'd have bet on the turf causing more injuries. We talked about Darnold getting hurt. We talked about Mekhi Becton. What do we know about these injuries, Andy? So, yeah, basically with Mekhi Becton, um, we'll start with Darnold. We'll start there. So Adam Gase says that he has a sprained shoulder. Um, he's not sure what the long-term prognosis is. Obviously, um, that's something that can linger because it's throwing shoulder. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it reacts going forward because he, he looked fine in terms of like he made some very nice throws after suffering the injury, starting with uh, a nice down throw downfield throw to Jeff Smith while he was on the run. Um, it didn't seem to be bothering him, but obviously, you know, it's going to hurt in the morning and, and he's probably not going to be able to throw or not going to throw for a little while. So is it lingering a week from now when the Jets are, are practicing again, that that's uh, an issue. It, it's not as if Donald needs 
you know, other things to have to overcome. Um, he's got enough, but it's overall, I mean, that looked really bad when it happened. I don't think when we, when I saw him jog back to the locker room and Troy Aikman on the broadcast and saying it reminded him of the time he, he fractured his collarbone as a player. I don't think anybody really expected him to be coming back in his game or anytime soon. Um, so that's a positive for the Jets on this night is that the least they're going to have the chance to, you know, evaluate Darnold going forward probably uh, in, in circumstances such as they are. Uh, but it would have been even worse if they had lost him for a significant amount of time because then, like, what do you do after the season? Um, like, I don't know. So, um, and then with Becton, uh, basically Gase said, let me – I just want to be precise here because I don't want to mischaracterize um, what exactly he said. There was not a lot of info in terms of, you know, what specific injury Beckton's dealing with and what um, his long-term prognosis is. But um, Case basically said he went as long as he could and then he couldn't go anymore. The shoulder, he didn't have enough strength. Um, and then – Gates kind of basically gave gave a non-answer when he was asked if Beckton pulled himself out of the game himself or if the decision was made by somebody else. He just said he went as long as he could. He didn't have the strength he wanted or needed. So I'm not sure who pulled him out of the game. I mean, the Jets should have. Uh, it, it wasn't looking good. Um, and that was, you know, obviously a, a very concerning scene to see out there, your, your first-round pick you know, wincing and clearly not anywhere near 100% and then trying to gut through it. Um, other guys who left the game, bless Austin, had a calf injury, did not return, was injured in the first half. Lawrence Cager looked like he suffered a pretty nasty hamstring injury on a non-contact play. Chuma Doga, the reason that um, Makai Becton was in the game, left with a shoulder injury. Jordan Jenkins left with a calf injury, which is something to watch because he dealt with uh, one of those last year, kept him out a couple games, if I remember correctly. Um, and then that's kind of the, the rundown we got from the Jets after the game. As far as the turf goes, uh, it didn't come up with the Jets because, you know, this is obviously their, their uh, second time playing on a game. And um, it, they also practiced on it earlier this year. Um, they've said before there aren't any issues. I, I would, you know, if we talk to Gase tomorrow uh, on Friday, I would be interested to see if, if his opinion is changing on that. I think that a look needs to be, you know, taken into this because it just seems, I, I know this year is weird with, you know, the, the unconventional buildup and then we're probably, um, that has a lot to do with these injuries, but it seems like we're seeing more at MetLife than at other places, and, and it's a new field, and um, I think it's worth, you know, looking into. And, I mean, this is a, a million, millions and millions, of, it's a billion-dollar business. Like, they they should be able to figure out a way to put a grass field on MetLife Stadium. I mean, it's better for the players, um, you're talking about protecting investments here. And, and if the Jets, you know, you've, the, the Niners are already lost, you know, a huge player and Nick um, Bosa on that field. And, and if it happened to one of the Jets, you know, building blocks of the future, 
it, it could be a, a devastating situation. So I think, you know, this needs to be looked at very closely. And, and I, I think it's something that um, definitely bears watching going forward. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on, as always, and recapping the Jets and Broncos on Thursday Night Football with me. Really appreciate it. Great deal going on at NorthJersey.com right now. 99 cents gives you access to everything, including all of Andy's work, plus all of the other great work at NorthJersey.com. Some fantastic local journalism over there, so you should go ahead and sign up. Andy, if people do sign up, what is it that they're going to get from you specifically in addition to the great coverage that you're going to give them after this game? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to, we're going to obviously be on top of the Gase thing. I already, I already looked at kind of the, the guys on the staff who maybe could replace him in an interim situation if the Jets decide to go that route at some point. Obviously the guys who they'll be um, trying to hire after the season, starting with Eric Bieniemy. Um, but there's going to be other teams trying to hire coaches, and you have to wonder if Eric Bieniemy is going to want to end up in this situation because it looks like a, a, a pretty big mess right now. Uh, I think over the next week we'll take a look at kind of Joe Douglas and, and how he's contributed to this situation. Again, I think it's too early to write the book on him as a GM, but um, you know he's he said last year that his his purpose was to surround Darnold. He promised Darnold's parents that he'd surround them, hit their son with weapons and protection. And, you know, he made an earnest effort to fix the offensive line, uh, but the weapons around Sam Darnold are, it's, it's an egregious, it's just an egregious situation. And, and, and Douglas bears responsibility for that. Um, and it needs to be, you know, examined and talked about more. So, I'll plan on doing that in the coming days. And yeah, I would just encourage uh, all of you to, to go to NorthJersey.com, check it out. And uh, before you comment at me on Twitter, just remember I, I'm not advocating for keeping Gates around long-term. <laughs> Do not think he's doing a good job. Um, you know, but I understand like your frustration as, as fans. Look, I'll, I'll uh, kind of let you in here on the open the third wall or whatever I don't know however you say that I'll let you in the inside I grew up a Detroit Lions fan uh and until I covered the Jets I was you know I was I was watching the Lions going out to bars watching them on Sunday and it, it, it's brush I get it like I understand your frustration and I've been there and looked at it from an emotional standpoint before and and I I, I totally understand where you guys are coming from uh I I would be super pissed and I'd probably be one of these people uh, calling for Gase's job because I just wouldn't want to look at his face anymore. I get where you're coming from. I get it's frustrating. I get it sucks. Uh, it, it's, you know, I'm not invested in the team in terms of it doesn't affect me. I, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me when they lose or whatever, but it's not fun for us to, you know, be around the negativity all the time either. Uh, so I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I don't think you're going to have to worry about Adam Gase as your head coach after this year because there's no uh, sign that they're going to turn it around and, and and figure things out under Gase. And, you know, you just got to hope that they get the next hire right. And And that's obviously a big leap of faith considering that this is who they hired the last time. So, 
Um, yeah, I get, I get where you guys are coming from. I understand your pain because, you know, I, I rooted for the Lions and they haven't won a playoff game since I've been alive or, or since my parents were little kids. So hang in there. And uh, I, I don't, there, there's not much positive I can say. It's, it's a difficult situation and it, it's not fun to watch. So that, that's uh, all I've got. At least that's a more honest pep talk than anything the Jets are probably getting from Adam Gase in the locker room at this point. Make sure that you read Andy's work over <laughs> at NorthJersey.com and follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.